Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Okay, it's the first Sunday of August, and absolutely, we had communion, which was awesome. But we're also starting a brand new series. Uh, we actually just finished a series on spiritual disciplines, and I think it's possibly one of the best series we've done because I think if you implement these things into your life, you will grow in your relationship with God. Today, we're starting a brand new series called Asking for a Friend. Somebody say, Asking for a Friend. Asking for a Friend. We want to address some questions that people have asked us or that we see our people are asking it in society, in culture today. And some of these questions over the next three, four weeks that we address, maybe people have asked you about them. And let's look at the Bible and see what the Bible has to say. What are some of the answers to some of the things that are going on in culture, in society? And so we're gonna start with the first question today. I want you to grab your Bibles and go to the book of Proverbs. Go to Proverbs chapter three. Proverbs chapter three. As you're going there, why don't you look at the person sitting next to you and tell them you look phenomenal this afternoon. Smile at somebody sitting next to you. Come on, turn to the person on the other side, the person you first avoided, and tell them I'm glad you're sitting next to me as well. This 1 p.m. is packed. 11 a.m. was packed. I love it. We're trying to make all the space possible. But Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, um, you probably have heard this proverb before. If you haven't, write it down, take some notes on it. I think it's beautiful. Proverbs chapter 3, if you don't have a Bible, we're going to put it up on the screens. And if you're watching online, on your screens as well. If you're there, can you say amen? amen? I love it. Arnold has his Bible up here, X as well. X is on an electronic Bible. Yeah, no, you're a man of God, I know. Proverbs chapter 3. <laughs> <laughs> Proverbs chapter 3. All right, we're going to begin to, we're going to, begin to read in verse 1. We'll read a few verses, and then um, we're going to talk about them. Beginning in verse 1, the word of the Lord says this. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you, Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Verses 5 and 6 is where I want us to kind of key in. You can take note of those two. They're beautiful. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make straight your paths. I love it. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. We're going to pause right there in verse number eight. I love Proverbs chapter three. I've heard it from as long as I can remember, but uh, these couple of verses, I think, help us to answer question number one. As we start this brand new kind of mini-series in September, we're starting a series through the book of Hebrews, and that's going to be a big, long series. I can't wait to get into Hebrews, but this series, we're going to answer a couple questions. Question number one today, asking for a friend. Some people have asked, 
This is the question that we want to address through Proverbs chapter 3. The question is, can the universe manifest my dreams and prayers? Can the universe manifest my dreams and prayers? We're hearing a lot this word called manifestation or the universe all throughout culture and society today. Let's talk about it. Uh, what does Proverbs chapter 3 uh, speak on that can help us with this question that maybe some of us have asked or heard about and um, we're going to talk about it. I'll title this message, Straighten It Out. Straighten It Out. Talk to three people around you. Tell them, straighten it out. Straighten it out. All right, let's talk about this for the next 20-something moments and minutes, and then we'll worship God one more time, and then we'll go have an incredible Sunday afternoon. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for today. We thank you for this day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for this day that you've given us. Thank you for this household of faith called Calvary, this big family. Thank you for youth camp, back to school bash. Thank you, God, for all that you've done this week. What a week for your church to move forward and advance the kingdom of heaven. God, thank you for loving people like us. We don't deserve it, and we can't earn it, but you've been good and kind to us. We love you. We thank you. And it's in Jesus' name that all of God's people say. Amen. Oh, come on. All of God's people say. Amen. Can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? He's a good God. There, there was a movie that came out in the 90s that maybe some of you saw. Or if, you haven't, if you didn't see it in the 90s, maybe you caught up recently, but it's a story of, of Aladdin, of Aladdin. Did anybody watch Aladdin? One of the best movies of all time, and they remade it in recent years, and it was awesome. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, Aladdin is a story uh, of this young guy, right, this young kid who, who's trying to hustle his way through life. He has to grind. He has to hustle, and so he begins to steal. He becomes a thief. Uh, he's known as a street rat uh, because of all that he gets into, all the troubles, because he's trying to make it ahead in life. And Aladdin, after uh, a bunch of circumstances, finds a magic lamp, right? He finds a magic lamp. And inside the magic lamp, there's a genie. And he frees the genie, and the genie comes out, and the genie is awesome. The genie is incredible. The genie comes out and he goes into a full song. He tells them all that he can do, that he has three wishes. And the song explains all of his achievements, all that the genie has done, how he has done everything throughout history. He's incredible. And, and the line that the song has that, that repeats itself a lot is, you, you ain't never had a friend like me. Some, you've seen it. X knows. Because you ain't never had a friend, never had a friend, never had a friend like me, right? There you go. Thank you. <laughs> never had a friend. Okay. Uh, you ain't never had a friend like me. Now, now, when you hear about this genie and you ain't never had a friend like I don't know about you, but I want to have a friend like that. Friend to give me everything, three wishes, and he can do anything and everything. Now, this is awesome for a fictional movie, for a fictional tale, but, but, but I'm concerned. As we start week one of this series, I, I'm really concerned because I think we've gotten this character of a genie, and we've gotten some of his characteristics, and I think we've blended it with God. I, I think today that there's a lot of people around the world, and I'll add a lot of believers, that no longer view God as God, but view God as a genie. He, he's a genie, and he can just give me whatever I want, right? In fact, because he's a genie, 
He doesn't control my life. He just gives me and adds to my life. I don't want a ruler. I just want somebody to bless my life. In fact, don't tell me what to do. Just bless what I do. Are you following me? And so we confuse God for genie. This is who God is. It's, he's a genie. I want control of my life, and genie just bless all that I do in my life. This is a problem, I think. And here's the dilemma, the problem, the challenge. I think that we don't have all wisdom, but we want full control. We don't have all wisdom, but we want full control of our lives. We are not a God. We can't see everything, yet we want God to give us full control of our life, and we want the driver's seat of our own life. Give me this steering wheel, God. I know what I'm doing. I see it all. Just add, bless me, help me, make me, give me. Thank you, Jeannie. I ain't never had a friend like you. And this is who we made God out to be. God is no longer God. He's now a genie. Now, here's the problem, though. Because we want full control, prayer is no longer now about God changing us. Prayer has become about us changing God. I think making God out to be this wishful thinking character that gives me all I want confuses our prayer life. And I honestly think this is happening around the world. Now, instead of God changing us through prayer, we're trying to change God's mind through prayer. And we're saying, God, this is what I need for my life. Can you help me? Can you bless me? Can you make me? Can you change me? I want to be rich. I want to be successful. Bring me my sugar foot, my honey boo boo. Bring me my good job, my salary increase. And, and we make God out to be this genie. And we're confused in our prayer life because we're trying to change God. In fact, I think we are trying to change God so much, culture and society has already changed God for us. God, in our culture, in our world today, God is no longer a ruler or a father or an authoritative figure that comes to correct us, to challenge us. God has become a force. God has become a thing. God has become some cosmic force in the universe and he's no longer a personal God. He's actually now just an impersonal force in everything and anything. And we no longer call him God. Now our culture today has changed this name and God's new name is the universe. You'll hear it all throughout culture today. You get on social media, it's all throughout social I love the universe. It just brought so many good vibes into my life, right? Today, God is no longer God. He's a universe, a force. And it's all about vibes. It's all about, uh, I just love it because he's like this ball of energy, the universe. And, and it just brings good vibes into my life. That's what we've made God out to be. Now, if you think about it, that's actually convenient. Because if God is not personal, if God is not authoritative, if God is not a father figure, then we don't have to submit to him. We don't have to humble ourselves and we don't have to listen to him. So it's convenient for us for God to be a force because I can do whatever I want and the force is still with me. That was not on purpose, I promise you. I, I, I'm like, why are they laughing? Because this cosmic force just loves me and so I don't have to change my ways. The universe just comes along whatever I want to do in life. Are you hearing me, church? This is what we've reduced God down to a universe, a cosmic force, some obscure kind of energy that exists somewhere out there, right? God is everything. God is the trees. God is the clouds. God is everywhere. You know what that's called? That's called pantheism, and that's false doctrine that is not Christianity. And it's wrong. 
It's not biblical. It's not rooted in God's word. It's not rooted in Jesus. And I just think some of us, we got to be careful today because we'll start mixing our beliefs with some of the stuff that the world is talking about today. I'm going to tell you, the universe is not God and God is not the universe. The universe is the creation of the creator called God. The universe is subject to the creator. So when I need direction in life, I don't pray to the universe. I don't look to the universe. I look to the one who created the universe. And I go to him. He made the stars. Oh, come on. He holds the whole world in his hands. He breathes out galaxies and stars. He walks, come on, all throughout the heaven. He stretched out the expansion of the universe. He's a mighty God. And he's not impersonal. He's a real God who has a real heart, who really cares about the details of our life today I mean we just got to realize the universe doesn't care <laughs> the universe can't listen the universe can't answer the universe can't heal the universe can't do anything for you but there's a God who is real personal and today if you don't know him he wants to get to know you this awesome God he wants to walk with us talk with us he loves his creation he's an almighty creator God who formed us from the dust of the earth breathed life into us filled us with his Holy Spirit and today I can walk with this God I can talk with this God I worship a real God I'm not worshiping the stars I'm not worshiping trees come on I'm worshiping the God of the universe I'll lift up my soul of praise in this place because I have a real God who cares about real life so he's not a universe but he created it and I worship him and I honor him and and I humble myself before this almighty being he's not a genie he's a father wow that should change the way we pray in fact I put it this way prayer is not getting my way in heaven it's actually getting God's will on earth when we pray I'm not saying, God, I want my way, so change your ways. No, I'm saying, God, let your will be done here on earth. Are you following me, church? This is what prayer is. Now, Proverbs chapter 3, what we started reading, I think it speaks into this. And I think if we read it line by line and really get it deep down in our heart and our soul, we'll see there's so much wisdom in Proverbs chapter 3 against what the world is teaching today. Proverbs chapter 3, how it began, verses 1 and 2. My son, do not forget my teaching. But let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. I love how it begins. My son, do not forget my teaching. Right? God has a father relationship with us. He's not a genie. He's more than a friend. He's a father who cares. And he wants to, he wants to lead me down straight paths. Right? He wants us to walk down the paths of life and light. He wants us to walk and freedom. And so he says, my son, do not forget. You have a father today. And today, if you're in here and you don't know God as your father, I pray that you hear the heart behind it. God loves you as a father. Today, maybe you don't even want to be in here. God is saying, I'm just glad you're home. More than anything, that you would realize that there's a father who loves you. My son, do not forget my teaching. In other words, we, we have to learn what the father wants to teach us. Right? Some of us, if, if we begin to have kids, and some of you already have kids, and I got one on the way, hey, uh, right? Like, I, I'm, you teach your kid, and you don't let your kids do whatever they want to do. You teach them because you see more than them, right? No, you cannot be three years old and get the keys to my car. 
So the father has to step in and correct because the father knows more and sees more. And so if there's a good father, a supernatural father who loves us and he wants the best for us, I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to submit to his teachings. Teach me, Lord. That's a different way than saying just bring me whatever I want. Teach me, Lord. Okay, the proverb continues. The proverb says in verses 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. Beautiful. Verses 5 and 6 are absolutely profound. They're beautiful. Trust in the Lord. I love this. We're not trusting in ourselves. We're not trusting in some kind of object. We're not trusting in the universe. We're trusting in the Lord, God. That word Lord literally means the owner of our lives. That means I don't belong to myself anymore. He's now Lord of my life. It's a beautiful prayer. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. Okay, what the world is teaching today is trusting yourself and lean on the universe. Trusting yourself. You are very powerful. And if you begin to speak something over and over, you will attract good things to your life and the universe will bring you riches. That's literally what's happening today. It's called manifestation. It's a very popular term in culture today. I'm I'm talking about you're going to see it on Pinterest, Instagram, TikTok. You're going to see it everywhere. Manifest your dream life. Sounds awesome. This is what manifestation is. I put it this way. The idea behind manifestation is that you could bring forth something in your life by focusing, believing, and attracting it. So this is what's being taught all throughout our culture, universities, what friends are telling each other is, oh, you shouldn't manifest your dream life manifest if you just think wake up every day think about it speak it declare it you will attract good things in your life is what people are teaching you want to be a millionaire get up every day and and just say this you'll become successful you'll be rich right just say it over and over It's, it's actually the law of attraction the law of attraction says that your positive or negative thoughts will attract positive or negative experiences in your life now now it sounds good and and this is the problem some christians will even begin practicing this Oh, thank you, God. I manifested this in my life. That makes no sense. That's a contradiction. Because manifestation puts you at the center, and it takes Christ out of the center. Now, you can manifest your own life. Now, you can speak your own life. Well, doesn't the Bible say that we have the power of life and death in our tongue? Yes, it does. When we use the word of God in our mouth. That means you speak, pray, believe the word of God. Every single day you wake up, you say, I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. That's very different than waking up and saying, I will be successful. One thing is self-centered. The other one is Christ-centered. Are are you hearing me, church? There's a massive difference. Manifestation has become so popular. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's everywhere. How how are you so successful? I manifested it. Just good vibes every morning. Good vibes, vibes, vibes. Right? And and I get it. I I get what some of that is. And I think we should be intentional. Every day you should wake up and you should declare the word of God over your life. One thing is declaring God's word. Another thing is declaring your own dreams, self-centered desires, goals, and ambitions. Be careful because one thing is rooted in the word of God. Another one is rooted in something called new age. New age. Let's talk about new age for a moment because it's everywhere today. And it's getting mixed up with the church. What is new age? What is new age? Maybe some of us, we've heard the term and we don't know what new age means. This is what new age means. The new age movement can be described as a westernized form of Eastern religions, beliefs combined with occultic practices. New Age. We've heard about New Age. It's a movement. 
It's not just a religion, it's a movement. It began in Eastern practices and, and actually has pagan background. And in, um, in America, it actually became very popular in the late 70s and 80s as people got tired of some of the stuff that happened in the 40s, 50s, 60s. People started turning to a, a new way of understanding faith. That's why it's called New Age. Well, well, we're tired of the traditional ways of thinking. This book, it's a little antiquated. It says some stuff that mm, I don't like. So, so I like this New Age. You know what New Age literally means? New Age is the golden corral of spirituality. Literally, you know what New Age is? New Age is grab a plate and put whatever beliefs you like on that plate. I like some of Jesus' teachings. Oh, the love your neighbor? Love it. I'll put that out. i put that on my plate. I like some of Buddha's teachings. Buddha's teachings, I'll put it here. And Hinduism, I like some of Hinduism. I'm going to put it here. And I like, I like a little bit of everything. I coexist with everything. You can't do that. You'll see ultimately that one thing has to go above another. New Age wants to pick everything they like. And it's going to fit your own spiritual journey. Right? Spiritual journey is another one we use a lot. You got to be careful because if Jesus is not at the center of your spiritual journey, that means you're the authority of your spiritual journey. And now you can do whatever I want. Yeah, I like, I like certain things, but I don't, don't like other things. So new age, you just pick and choose out of a spiritual buffet whatever you like. I like this. I like this. I don't like this. I like this. New age involves a lot of um, manifestation. New age believes a lot in self-centering uh, your chakras. It believes a lot in vibes, energies. You're going to hear a lot of that, a lot of vibes, a lot of energies. And, oh, come on, let's just put a good vibes, your aura, a good vibes, a good vibes. And it's very self-centered. It actually believes a lot in crystals. And people will have crystals for some kind of uh, good kind of power that will come into your life. Let's sage, let's sage. People are saging their room every day. People are saging houses. People are saging their bodies. That's all new age practice. It comes from pagan occult backgrounds. And unless you go and do your homework about it, you won't realize that it's not Christ-centered. You cannot be a Christian and serve two gods. Just can't. And so we mix up. We mix up our plate at the buffet and be like, oh, but I like saging. It sounds awesome. I don't need a sage to protect myself. I have the Holy Spirit, and I have God. I have the blood of Jesus, and he takes care of my life. And whatever's going to happen in my life, God had already ordained it. And he's like, sage all you want, but it's not going to happen. And what happens is new age now begins to bring up new idols in our life. Now, crystals have become idols. I lost my crystals, and I can't have peace without my crystals because you don't have Jesus, you have crystals, right? And so what happened in your life is because somebody stole your crystals, and now that's why you've had a bunch of bad luck. We don't believe in luck. We believe in Christ Jesus, right? And so, so let's just get, and again, this is not, all of us have been confused maybe at certain points, but this is just to bring some clarity in what is happening in culture, asking for a friend. I had a friend, can I pray, manifest my dreams out to the universe? No. That's new age. That's pagan backgrounds. It's occult practices. New age will lead you down to seek. It'll start as manifestation. It'll start with the power of self, but it will lead you down to witches. It will lead you down to psychics. It will lead you down to occult practices. The Ouija board. I just love the Ouija board. I just want to talk to like an old relative and tell me what it's like in the afterlife. The Bible says don't do that. It's a cult. It's pagan. God clearly says don't, don't, don't do that. You are messing around with doctrines of demons. You're messing around with demonic black magic principles that God said that's other spiritualities, other principalities, and that is a cult practice. God is life, God is light, and in him there is no darkness.
So be careful with some of these things. They seem nice on the outside. Keep walking down that crooked path. It leads to destruction. So today's world is full of this kind of stuff. Like I've heard, I've heard terms like this, a Christian witch. I've heard that. I'm just a Christian witch. You cannot be a Christian witch. Cannot be. And I'm not talking about witches as far as, you know, riding around in a broom and all that. No, but today, no, no, there's, there's, there's real witches and they believe in just new age practices. And they do a lot of things that they say is good for the universe. and all. It's, it's, it's grounded in pagan occult backgrounds. And it's literally tied to demons, even though it looks like light on the outside. The Bible says, well, even, even the devil disguises himself as an angel of light. Don't be confused by what the world is trying to throw you. He's just trying to throw you down a crooked path. I love what Tim Keller says about prayer, kind of like this manifestation thing that's going around. Tim Keller says, is my aim ultimately that God would bend himself and conform to my will and desire? Or is my deepest prayer that he would bend my desires according to his will? I love this part. We pray to our father, not to the genie of the bottle. The genie of the bottle gives you whatever you wish even if what you wish for is not ultimately good for you. But a father, on the other hand, he gives you what's best for you because he loves you. He gives you exactly what you would have asked for if you knew everything he knows. Wow. If I knew everything that God knew, I would get what he's given me he's a good father and so I don't go down occult practices new age manifesting anything I don't trust the universe I trust an almighty God and I'm careful not to dabble in witchcraft some of us were Christians and participating in witchcraft and we don't even know it and I'm telling you church my concern is that it's happening all over the world in the church there are Christians practicing stuff that's new age and pagan and mixing stuff up we don't realize it's a crooked path. God, God warned us about this. And we'll finish up in just a moment, but I just want to be clear what the Bible teaches. The Bible says this, if we could go to Leviticus, Leviticus uh, chapter 19, verse 31. Do not turn to mediums or necromancers. Do not seek them out. And so make yourselves unclean by them. I am the Lord, your God. Don't, don't go to mediums. Don't go to psychics. You're, you're trying to find out what is life going to give me tomorrow. I just wish somebody told me. I wish an old ancestor would speak. So I'm just going to go seek out a medium. Trust the Lord your God. He's got you in the palm of his hands. Deuteronomy chapter 18 verses 9 through 12. When you enter the land of your God, he told the Israelites before crossing the Jordan River, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices his son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets uh, omens, engages in witchcraft or cast spells or who's a medium or a spiritist who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Woo. Don't go to witches. Don't go to spiritists. Don't go to all these occult things. They'll lead you down a crooked path that ends in death. They were sacrificing their kids to false gods, throwing them in the fire. Well, I mean, I've done, I've gone to psychics, but I've never thrown my child in the fire. We have it, but today culture says abortion is fine and that's throwing our babies in the fire. It's the same thing. It leads down a path of destruction. Why consult the dead? Isaiah says this, when they say to you, ask those who speak in secret with the spirits of the dead and use their secret ways. I love the answer. Well, should not a people ask their God? Should they speak to the dead for the living? 
tell them to put their faith in the teaching and the law. If they do not speak what the word says, it is because they have no light in them. Be careful who's teaching us today. The problem is we're being discipled by TikTok, not by pastors. The problem today is that we're not turning to God's word, we're turning to social media. The thing is our university professors have become our rabbis, our pastors, our leaders, and we're leveraging whatever doctrine they believe in to shape our ideologies. But today there's only one word that stands above every other word. There's only one book that stands above every other book. It's full of life, it's full of light, it's full of freedom, and it's the word of God. It's not a crooked path, it's a straight path. We're gonna straighten out our lives, we're gonna straighten out our minds. Come on, anybody thankful for the word? So God help me. Some people may say, well, that's Old Testament. There's nothing in the New Testament. I can still vibe and I still got my crystals. Well, the, way the, Bible says, the Bible says that Paul was preaching and there was a fortune teller following him trying to buy the gift of the Holy Spirit. The fortune teller's like, whoa, I can talk to demons and tell the future, but, but I want that gift, whatever Holy Spirit gift that is. Paul gets annoyed. That's literally what the Bible says. In the Greek, he got annoyed. And in Acts chapter 13, it says, But Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, You son of the devil, son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? Wow. All these dark black magic occult practices, you know what they're doing? They're actually making crooked the straight paths of God. Why is manifestation not godly? I'll finish with these last couple things and then we'll worship. Five reasons why manifestation is not godly. Manifestation will lead down a whole bunch of crooked, dark paths. But why is it not godly? At, at the surface level of manifestation, why? Well, one, number one, it ignores the sovereignty of God. Right? When you're trying to manifest things in your own life, it's all about me, 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 me. God, give me, make me, bring me, shape me. God, me, me, me. You're at the center. You're at the center. It's all about me. Notice that manifestation is never about faith and obedience. Notice that manifestation is never about humbling ourselves. Manifestation is never about the hard things in life. Manifestation is never God. I, I don't know what I'm going through, but, but, but humble me, shape me. Make me better like you. No, it's always God, make me successful, make me rich. God, bring good things into my life. God, let no sickness come. It's like me, 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 me. And you forget that God is sovereign. That means God is in control of everything. And so I trust my life to almighty sovereign God. And when I pray, I'm not trying to change him. I'm saying God change me. So manifestation, it ignores that God is sovereign. Number two, the manifester becomes their own God. When you practice manifestation, you're actually thinking that you're the God of your own life. Well, if I say this enough, loud enough, enough times, enough months, days, years, I can do this. You're saying you are God. And the bottom line is we're broken, sinful human people. Number three, it robs you of the gift of waiting on God. We're living in a culture that wants our way right away. And so manifestation is like, don't wait on God. If you manifest it, just say it enough, say it enough. If it hasn't happened yet, you need to say it some more. Manifest some more. Write it everywhere. Journal every day and write out your dreams. It'll come to pass. You're, you're basically saying, I don't want to wait for God to bring something into my life. But the Bible says that when we wait on the Lord, he does something in our life. So don't, don't, don't try to skip the process and go into this new age false doctrine. Number four, God gets zero praise when we get what we want. Let's say you try to manifest something for a year and after a year you get what you want. You're going to say like, well, the universe gave it to me. It's never about God. 
Oh man, I just had enough power in me to, to think good thoughts. It's always about you. Number five, we create idols of the things we are desiring instead of God. When we practice manifestation and we're trying to call all these things into our life, notice there are always things that can become idols in our life. God, make me successful. I want to be rich. I want to be a millionaire. You just, if you want to be a millionaire, just manifest it. Nothing wrong with being a millionaire, but it's not an idol in my life. I will serve God even if he never makes me a millionaire. But it always says, oh, you want to be a CEO? Manifest it. Oh, you want your sugar foot? Just manifest it. <laughs> like everything's manifested. And all of a sudden, all these things that you're asking for become idols. And I won't stop focusing on them until God gives them to me. They're idols. Five reasons why manifestation is ungodly. Church, we've got to be careful. It's creeping in the church. Today, if you ask across America, I believe the latest statistics said over 80% of people said they are spiritual. And I'll say this, Christians are spiritual, but not all spiritual people are Christians. And there's a massive difference between the two. I'm, a, I'm just spiritual. I'm into vibes. I'm into a little bit of everything. I just love it. I, I line my chakras every day. I got crystals. And I love Jesus. And it's like, you may think you're spiritual, but you're not a believer in Jesus Christ. That's not the gospel. The gospel is that we're broken, that we're sinful, that we're not God's that we needed a savior to rescue us from our broken soul, from a spirit that was dead, but in him we come alive. And we can't manifest anything. Jesus brought us to life. He placed us at the right hand of the Father with Jesus Christ. We are now seated in heavenly places with his son, and it's all because of Jesus, not because of us. What is prayer? Prayer, we'll finish with these last three things. Prayer is recognizing Number one, recognize. Somebody say recognizing. When we go to pray, you know what we do? We recognize he's the authority. He's the father. He is the, he is the one that can tell me how to live because he loves me. He's not the universe. He's not a tree. He's not an animal. He's, he's not the wind. He's a personal being who loves me. And so when we pray, always start off prayer by praising God. God, you're awesome. You're mighty. You're powerful. There's no one I like you, God. You are my creator. You are the architect, the designer, the organizer of all of life. In my life, it is in your hands, and I trust you, and I love you, and I praise you, and I give you all the glory. That's prayer. Prayer is not trying to change God and getting a wish list. Prayer is like, whoo, there's a real God. He's mighty. He's awesome. He's huge. And the Bible says in Matthew that if you seek him first, above everything else, he'll add everything else to your life instead of trying to manifest it on your own. Number one, we go to God and we, we recognize who he is. Number two, in the bank, prayer is also asking. Absolutely, we bring petitions. But petitions, it can be for sure a list of things that you need. But, but you know what it's also asking? God changed me. Are you hearing me? Come on, 1PM, are you here? It's asking, God, change me. I'm going through this hard. You know, we love to pray. We love to pray, God, change my circumstances. But a lot of times, God won't change your circumstances because he's trying to change your character. And so we keep praying, God, change this thing, change this thing, change this thing, instead of saying, God, change me. God, if you would just change my wife. Woo! Lord, she needs you. Not my wife. She's awesome, but some of you. And God's like, if you were to stop praying that, you would recognize and realize I'm actually trying to change you. 
God, change my job situation. I can't stand my boss. I don't like my salary. I need an increase and a new boss. Actually, I have you there to mature you, to grow you. And what happens if I leave you there six more months? Would you still serve me, love me, if I try to make you look more like my son? Come on, are you hearing me, church? We love genie Christianity. And I've never, never, never had a friend like me. Like, that's what we want. God, change my job tomorrow. Oh, I want to raise a new job. I want everybody to love me. I want life to be beautiful, right? <laughs> but sometimes God will leave you between a rock and a hard place because he says, I'm not going to change the circumstance. I'm trying to change your attitude. I'm trying to change your temper. I'm trying to change your heart. And so he's asking God, conform me to the will of the Father. Make me more like Jesus, God. Would you work in me? Come on, that's, that's true, Christian. That's the gospel times Paul said can you remove this thorn from my flesh and God says my grace is sufficient oh but I thought the genie would take the thorn God says I'm gonna leave the thorn there because I'm trying to humble you I'm trying to make sure you always hold on to me that's Christianity is that in America we can go on for a long time but in America we got a false view of God man I want, I want to serve Jesus and be rich that's what I heard how about pastors in Uganda where I went that are literally barefoot preaching the gospel and barely have water, have no car, they have to walk miles to preach the gospel. Like, like the, uh, we're always trying to live this best life here. God, give me everything that's amazing. And it's like, they're serving God over there in the mud, in the rain, with no AC. And they know that God is good. And they know that no matter what comes, God, I trust you that you're a good father. You're not a genie. You're a father who loves me. You're shaping me through every circumstance of life. You're trying to make me more like your son. We got a false view of Christianity. We got to get in our words. It's recognizing, it's asking. And then number three is surrendering. What is prayer? Surrendering. God, you know my needs. You, you know, obviously, I would like some circumstances to change. And I'm going to bring you my request, but also I'm going to surrender to your will. Let not my will be done, but your will. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Give us, our day, give us this day our daily bread. And let not our will be done, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Surrender. Jesus taught us to surrender by words and by action. When he was in the garden before getting crucified, he says, Lord, if you can't take this cup from me, but let not my will be done, but your will be done. Surrender. When we go to pray, we say, God, we recognize your God. You know all of my needs. Help me, change me. And then God, if you can, change these circumstances, but I surrender to your will and I trust you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. God, straighten it out of my life. Maybe today, some of us got it mixed up. Today, we got to surrender. I say, God, take my life and I trust you with every single area. Not my will, but your will. Why don't we stand up on our feet all across this place? Come on, let's surrender to God. Whatever, whatever petitions may be in your heart. Maybe some of us today, we had a misunderstanding about God and we've been, we've, we've been thinking that God is like a genie and if I just pray hard enough, long enough, things will happen in my life. He's not a genie, he's God. He's a father. And the father will give us every good thing. If the Lord hasn't given it to you yet, it's because it's not good for you. 
God, why haven't you given me that relationship? I was praying. Maybe that relationship was going to draw you away from him. God, but that salary increase, that, that circumstance, maybe that thing would have taken you out of your purpose and your destiny and your calling. God, but if, I, if this thing would have been fit, God says that thing would have destroyed you. Trust that I'm a good father and everything I give you will be good and in my good time. Come on, can we lift up our hands and surrendering today? Maybe today there's some of us that we need to surrender our will today. We've literally been trying to bend God to conform to our own will and our own desires. Today, say, God, I, I actually surrender my will. And yes, I have dreams, ambitions, and goals, and those are all great, but, but God, not my will, but your will. I recognize today that you're God. I, I ask you to help me to look more like you and think like you and love like you, and I, and I surrender my whole life to you, God. I surrender to your timetable. I surrender to all that you have for my life. Today, I surrender. I surrender. Come on, can you begin to talk to God right there where you're at? And some of us, maybe we've gone down some crooked paths. There's some people here today, maybe you need to repent. You've gone down some dark ways, some occult practices. And today you say, I want to come back to the light. I want to come back to the Father. Maybe you've been relying on a lot of new age stuff. Today, surrender and say, God, I'm going to stop trying to figure out what my future holds. And I'm going to put my trust in who holds my future. He's a good God. He's an awesome God. God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. God, we give you everything in our heart everything in our minds everything in our soul you're an awesome god and you deserve the praise you're not the universe you made the universe you're in control of my life and i trust you that you love me that you're for me that you're not against me god and so today we surrender to you jesus we love you we throw up our hands and we worship you in this place come on when we're being bowed we're leaving in just a moment if you're here today and you say alex i need jesus maybe you have no idea about any of this and you're just like man i feel far from god I don't know a lot about this, or maybe you've also heard about some of this, but you feel far from God, you don't have a relationship with God, I would love to pray for you. The Bible says that all of us are sinners. I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. Every single one of us, we've sinned. We've fallen. We've fallen short. We've, we've done wrong, thought wrong, said wrong, and our sin separates us from God. But the Bible says that God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son so that whosoever believes in him will have life and life to the fullest, eternal life that you won't perish. Death becomes just a doorway into eternal life with God forever. Today, if you're a sinner, if you're in here, you're saying, Alex, I got sin in my life. The Bible says that Jesus died for our sins. He went down to a grave for three days, and after three days, he resurrected. Jesus is alive today, and he wants to come into your life. He wants to bring you to life, and he wants you to have a personal relationship with him. With every eye closed, every head bowed, if you're in here, you're saying, Alex, I want a brand new beginning. Alex, I want a brand new start. I want a personal relationship with God. I need forgiveness for my sins. I'd love to pray for you too. At the count of three, can you just raise your hand? I just want to see who I'm praying for. Nobody look around, eyes closed, head bowed. If you're saying, I need forgiveness for my sins, I want a brand new start. I want a relationship with God. Raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand as high as you can. As high as you can. I see you. 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 God bless you. Awesome. 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 I see you back there. Awesome. You can put your hands back down. I see you as well. Awesome. Put your hands back down. Come on, let's pray together. It's one big family. Everybody who raised your hands, I want you to say this out loud with all you've got. In fact, the whole church, we're going to say it together. And we're putting our faith and our trust in Jesus, asking him to forgive us. And we're starting a relationship with him. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. Today, I admit that I'm a sinner.
and that my sin separates me from you. Say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Tell him, be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, I'm forgiven, I'm saved, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen. some praise. Hands went up all over this place. If you raise your hand, we have free Bibles outside. Pass by, pick one up. It's free of charge. No strings attached. We love you. I can't wait for week number two. Come on, let's lift up our hands. Let's sing this song out before we leave. After we sing this out, give somebody a hug. Give somebody a high five. I love you so much, Calvary. Father, we thank you. We love you for your good grace. Go before us this week. Let your light shine upon us and lead us in your everlasting path. In Jesus' name.